0: This video is sponsored by Game Toppers. Turn your own kitchen or dining room table into a premium portable game solution at a fraction of the cost. Hey, everybody, welcome to the next in a series I'm calling What Happened to. Uh, this is the sixth video, or I should say, seventh video in the series. Uh, we're just over the halfway point. Last week I kind of had like a midway recap. Uh, so I have links to the playlists and everything below, uh, but the long and short of it is, if this is the first time you're seeing it, I go back through the most anticipated list. In this case, it's for the year 2015. I look at the 20 or so games that's on there, and then I kind of see, did they last? Are they still around? Did they even have a splash at all? I will skip any that are like repeats because sometimes the games don't come out the year everybody expects them to. And so if I've already talked about it, I'm not gonna talk about them again, but again, there'll be links to everything below. So we're just gonna jump right in here. We're gonna talk about number 20, Aquasphere. This was a Tasty Minstrel Games publication, a Steffen Feld game. I think this is only the second Steffen Feld game that we've seen on the list, Uh, but it's again, indicative of uh, his popularity growing. Uh, This game is still talked about. This is one I haven't played for a few years. Uh, But I did enjoy it and I still would play it again and I really enjoyed it. It's a very kind of weird, different game. You're like going under the water, under sea, and you're dealing with uh, like infestations of some kind, if I recall correctly, so you have to kind of manage that in your sort of underwater sort of space station kind of thing. And then you're trying to do all these different tasks. It's very much a point salad. Uh, kind of a r- really weird, quirky theme, especially for a, st- a normal kind of Steppenfeld game. Uh, but uh, I'm not sure who's going to actually publish this. I think Tasty Minter actually co-published it with Pegasus Spiel or something like that. So it's you should still be able to pick it up and find it. Somebody's probably picked up the U.S. distribution for it uh, recently. I don't know who, though. But you can definitely find this one. So that's number 20, Aquasphere. Pretty fun game. Let's see. Number 19 is Pandemic State. Of emergency, This is another Pandemic expansion. You see these quite a bit on here. I mean, the longevity of Pandemic, uh, this can't be denied. Just the other day, they announced uh, Star Wars Clone Wars, the Pandemic System game. And I think it was last year they had the World of Warcraft Pandemic game. And they've had a Pandemic, uh, I think it was called Foundations of Rome or something like, not Foundations <laughs> of Rome, Rise of Rome or something like that. You know, set kind of during the Roman Empire, but using kind of a weird sort of twist and riff on the pandemic system so again this is just you know staying popular it's still popular today um not really much else to say about that so number 18 is a game another case intro game from uh designer oh shoot david alms i think his name is uh this is called harbor this is one that i really enjoyed this is a good lunchtime game it's kind of a small sort of card drafting card display engine builder game Uh, with some economic tracks and things like this. So you have like several resources that you're kind of tracking and there's kind of a supply and demand thing. It's a pretty light game, but it is pretty crunchy for kind of the size of it. It's kind of the small box thing. Um, This is also the designer of the Tiny Epic series games. I think that we found one way to kind of like kind of break the game, though. I'm not super sure about that. My memory is hazy, but I do remember really enjoying this. We played it probably about a dozen times or so uh at work um uh, at lunchtime so that was a fun one so if you can find this one i would i'd pick it up it's a it's a small little game if you can find it cheap it's going to give you some plays it's going to be enjoyable Um, it may not have quite the longevity uh, of some other games because i think it's kind of a one or two kind of powerful strategies that we kind of unlocked but it's a fun game okay that was number 18 harbor oh speaking of (laughs) tiny epic number 17 is tiny epic defenders And uh, this is the second, I think, in the series of Tiny Epic Games. There's Tiny Epic Kingdoms and Tiny Epic Defenders, Tiny Epic Galaxies, Tiny Epic Old West or whatever it's called. All kinds of stuff. Tiny Epic Zombies, Tiny Epic Dungeon Crawl. Um, This, I think, is... I haven't played all of them, but I think this is the worst one. This is a co-op one. Or you can play it solo too. It's kind of like... They tried to boil down Defenders of the Realm into a small Tiny Epic box. And really, nobody I played this with enjoyed it. It was just super dry and like really straightforward and not really having any excitement at all. There's been a few games in this series that I really enjoyed. I think Tiny Epic Galaxies is probably my favorite one. We had a lot of fun, again, at work uh, with the lunch group then. Um, But this is one that just, I think they came out with a second edition of this one to try to fix some stuff. Uh, But uh, this was definitely coasting on that popularity of Tiny Ampic Kingdoms, which is one I did enjoy. Uh, That was a cool one. It had some kind of like Dune style combat or Rex style combat where you had the little wheel you could set. It was kind of a just a straightforward area control game with, like, lots of asymmetric powers and stuff. That's actually a really fun game. Uh, but, yeah, this one was kind of a big drop-off. But that tiny epic name is still, still around today. It's still coming out with new games. Let's see. That's a repeat. We're going to skip that. Um, number 15 is Magic the Gathering Arena of the Planeswalkers. And this was sort of flash in the pan although kind of sort of not really. It's basically took um, magic and hero which is getting a new edition here in a year or two, and kind of mashed them together because you had sort of the similar mechanics of the movement in the hexes and all that stuff in the combat of hero scape, and then combined with kind of like a deck of cards with the magic idea, and you would activate your different heroes and do that kind of stuff. It's actually a really fun game. Uh, I really enjoyed this game. Um well my my youngest son and i played this one quite a bit actually my oldest son uh he loved heroescape we that was kind of our thing um, my oldest son and i used to play that a lot uh but he had by this time it was i think he was out of the house uh or on his way <laughs> and and uh but so my youngest and i really liked to play this one this was a lot of fun and we did play heroescape a little bit too but that was kind of just you know windows missing um uh, but yeah, this is a cool game. I think you can still pick this up. I see this around somewhere. It's I, definitely not in print anymore. Uh, I'll be curious to see what they do with the HeroScape that comes out, if they're going to have eventually maybe some crossover with the Magic, the Gathering IP or not. Uh, it, it really fits that theme because, you know, you've got the different planes and the different sort of... Uh, archetypes of different fantasy tropes and all that stuff that goes on in Magic these days. And HeroScape kind of is in that same thing. You would have, like, you know, Old West characters with aliens, with dinosaurs. with all these sort of uh, anachronistic types of theme mashups. Um, and so the Magic in that kind of goes hand in hand. And it's a fun little solid game. And you should be able to pick this up pretty cheap still. I don't think they... They had like, one expansion, maybe two. Um, yeah, so... You can take a look at that. Let's see. Next one is a repeat. And number 13 is Star Wars Armada. I don't think this one has shown up on the list. We've had a lot of X-Wing, Star Wars X-Wing show up on the list. And this is, again, X-Wing, but it's sort of like, it's like X-Wing, but it has some differences. And it's this large scale combat with the capital ships and little squads of X-Wings and TIE Fighters. Like you would move little Groups that were like multiple models that were representing, you know, I don't know, like twenty or thirty of a squad moving around. And I never had a chance to play this one. I was just not really interested in like getting involved in a game that was going to require me to collect miniatures at that point. <laughs> and uh, and I liked X Wing, but I had moved on from X Wing by the time this had come out. I think to a person though that I've talked to, they uh, all seem to say that they thought this was a better sort of more crunchy more involved more rewarding game than x-wing uh, you just had a little bit more dynamic situations that could come up with this just the larger variety of the ship types and all that kind of stuff and it was more like a traditional miniatures game where x-wing was kind of like that um, i can't remember what system it was based on that flight path system that they had with the cards uh, the, the original was like a world war one game that x-wing was kind of grown out of and similar types of movements and stuff this was a little bit more traditional sort of big battle miniature game type of thing so i think that kind of pushed some buttons to some people now this one's still going on um fantasy flight has sort of pushed off all their miniature stuff to atomic mass games and so this is still being supported uh, a little bit i don't know how much it's supported but this is still been around Uh, it was quite the temptation i will say for a while but i just stayed away from it and uh, personally, for me, like I really—I mean, I enjoy Star Wars, all the stuff. I like the TV shows and the movies and everything. Um, and but for a gaming thing, it's not like my most favorite thing. I do like Star Wars Rebellion; still have that one on my shelf, as well as the uh, that Return of the Jedi thing. That was sort of like Queen's Gambit. So I have a couple of things, um, but it's not like the biggest draw for me. So I think it is for a lot of people, but. Um, this one definitely still around so number 12 well this is a really old game it's el grande so this was a reprint Uh, and i think this thing has stayed in print it had been out of print for quite a while at this point um so i think the demand was really really high to get this back into print and it's this it's like the original sort of pure area control game you know you see a lot of other games like this nowadays blood rage and you know chaos in the old world and you know whatever there's a whole bunch of stuff um, this is just a straight, strict area control game. I do enjoy it. I actually did have a chance to play it again probably less than a year ago. And it was okay. Like, I was like, okay, yeah. I remember why this was good and this is fun. And But, I mean, man, I was just, there's so many other games. Specifically Ankh, which to me is the Eric Slang like, crowning achievement. I know it's not controversial because who cares. But, um, you know, some people don't like it because of the merger and some other things. I find that to be way more fascinating than El Grande. And Blood Rage, even by itself, a little more fascinating. Because it, it, this, it's really like... Blood Rage is a lot like El Grande. Now, now that I went back and played it, I was like, oh, wow, these two really have a lot in common with the whole card play thing and, and there's this kind of drafting in El Grande and stuff like that. I would recommend um, El Grande, at least to try and just check it out because it's kind of like the godfather of of the area control games and it's definitely still in print and they've had some uh, big boxes expansions and stuff like that recently for it so definitely one that's been around longer than 2015 i think it came out in 95 or something so that was that one number 11 is well it's tokaido collector's edition and tokaido is that's a weird game uh i think it's another eric did eric lang and antoine bowser work on this together i don't think so maybe not I think Antoine Bowser did it by himself. Um, this is an interesting game where you play like pandas and you get these like, um, you know, panda sticks and stuff. And I think I only played it once. Maybe twice, but not much. I did enjoy it. It's a fun game. You can see here it got a collector's edition. Uh, I still hear this one talked about. It's kind of one of those in that same sort of ticket-to-ride sort of vibe, where it's pretty straightforward and simple. Uh, It has some good strategy stuff, and you know, there's some good tension and dynamics over the course of the game. It's it's just a really good, solid game. It's got some neat components. Uh, I don't remember specifically with the collector's edition what the... um, different uh oh i'm thinking of a completely different game here <laughs> this is not the one i'm thinking of that was a different game tokaido was the one i did play this one i didn't like it tokaido is the one that has the you're going like a vacation and you sort of explore uh, i'm gonna leave that in there <laughs> i could have edited it out but i'm not that's the one where you kind of go and you like sightsee and stuff like that, that one i didn't care for and this is the collector's edition. i do remember what's in this Um, it's just this really kind of glorified production of this. This game was really popular, and I just never could understand why. I was just really bored playing it. Um, what is the other game I'm thinking of with the pandas? Somebody put that in a comment, because I think it's the same designer. Um, what is the name of that game? I will think of it by the end of the video, I'm sure. Ah, I looked it up. Takenoko. That's the one I was thinking of. Okay, so forgive me. They both start with the letter T. (laughs) That Takenoko, I did like. Uh, Takaido, I didn't really care for that one. So let's catch back up here. We're going to get to number 10. And this is the for the uh, Mage Knight uh, unnamed expansion. I think this is the last expansion. They don't have the name here, so I'm not quite sure what it was for. Uh, we talked about another one before on either the previous year or the year before that. Uh, Mage Knight's still around. You can maybe see the bottom of the Ultimate Edition up there. That's a recent uh, production. Uh, not really much more to say about Mage Knight. It's lasted uh, pretty long uh, in terms of the the timeline. So it's been out about ten years now. Um, yeah, and it's just this one of these big brainy, you know, heavy solo co-op, or you can play competitive games um, that you know people need to go check out. It's it is a huge, massive brain burner. Uh, And it's been out. So I'll be curious how much, if they ever do a new edition of this or something like that, maybe, I don't know. Let's see. So number nine, this is the first time we're seeing this here, Star Wars Imperial Assault uh, expansions. And so these are for some of the expansions that were coming out uh, that year. Uh, That's a game that's finished. It's run its arc. Um, It was a game I, I really enjoyed. I still have it. I think I have everything for it. Uh, The neat thing about Star Wars Imperial Assault, and I've talked about it before on the channel, was you had your sort of campaign, which was fine. We played through the campaign of the base game all the way through, and it was fun. Um, It does have some drawbacks, though, because a lot of the scenarios end up being like races to sort of beat, get to some objective and just try to beat the ever-increasing damage that the Imperial player can do kind of thing. Uh, And so there's a lot of them like that. There's not really that much diversity in terms of how the scenarios play out. They kind of all play out the same. Now, what I really did like about it is the skirmish uh, idea where you could pick, you know, like a little squad and then you would fight your opponent and it was just a one v one thing. Which has some cool objectives and things, and you know you could go and like uh, hack computers to get extra like ability cards that you could spend. So there was a good kind of juggling, balancing act between you know fighting your opponent and doing the objectives and getting those those little hack things to give you yourself more more abilities and stuff. And there were just so many different scenarios there and maps and layouts and all that stuff. And then they eventually came out with the app, which was like just a pure co-op or solo experience, which I did not like that. Um, But this is a game that is basically Descent with Star Wars slapped on, so to speak, if you want to be glib about it. Uh, But it's a fun game, and you can still see people playing this and talking about it and picking this up. It's not in in a print cycle or anything like that. I don't think it will ever come back. They may have a second edition of it coming back out one day. I mean, you know, you got some of these new TV shows and stuff coming out. I could see like, um, that'd be cool to have like an Andor one. That's a new series coming out. They've had a lot of these new Star Wars shows that are like in between uh, Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. So in, in between episode three and four. So there's probably a really good, you know, theme that you could kind of pick up there. And I don't know that they'd be, the, the marketing people would be into that. Because there's not really a lot of big name characters that you could use. With Imperial Assault, you could bring in Han Solo or Luke Skywalker, or Princess Leia, C-3PO, you know, all the big well-known names as kind of like henchmen or mercenaries you know you could you could add them along your kind of characters that nobody's ever heard of that you play uh, so maybe that's you know marketing wise that would not be a good deal but um but i think the setting of that of this the kind of the rebellion you know against the empire and the, the new empire and the new forming rebellion that, w- that would be kind of an interesting dynamic there that interesting space to play in i think that'd be fun I don't think that'll happen, but I'm just like daydreaming there. So that's number nine, Imperial Soul. Oh, number eight is Tiny Epic Galaxies. Again, I think this is my favorite Tiny Epic game. I kind of talked about it on the last entry with Tiny Epic Defenders. This is a cool one. We played this one a lot at work at lunch. It just lots of interesting dynamics with this one. Uh, lots, of, I thought real innovative mechanics with this one in particular. Um, yeah, so I mean, not much to really say. I did a video review of it and there's a bunch of other video reviews i think i usually see this referred to as the strongest of the series um there's been a few others recently that i haven't played uh it's not really most of the games are like they're like yeah this is pretty good but you know i don't really care about playing it again (laughs) but it really worked back then for a lunchtime thing where you could play it in under an hour we could break it out we had like a little um cafeteria type thing you know in our work so we could break it out on the tables there and knock it out and they don't take up a lot of space so these these kind of games were perfect back then um anyway that's number eight tiny epic galaxies on number seven is XCOM: the board game which has completely disappeared and gone away i thought the game was excellent it was really really fun now this is one of if not the first app driven board game where you had Kind of a large scale, kind of bird's eye view of the planet Earth, and you had an app that was kind of driving, you know, the AI deck that you would have to uh, deal with, and it would sort of, you know, throw out encounters and hotspots and stuff like that around uh, the planet, and you would send your little troops out there. So I think the the one thing that was sort of I think disappointing to some people was because it was an XCOM game, but it wasn't about tactical skirmish combat, which is what that game is. Um, at least probably seventy-five percent about the computer game. Now, this was more about when, if you played the XCOM computer game, you go out and you do your skirmish combats and your objectives, then you come back to kind of home base, and you have to manage your your squad and their upgrades, and you've got to manage some of the technology research, and you've got to build your base out, and you've got to you get kind of information about the different hotspots or the aliens that are invading the planet. And then you got to kind of deal with it there so this is more about kind of the back at home back at the base thing than the tactical squad combat thing there's a lot of games out there i mean galaxy defenders i think i talked about a couple weeks ago everybody could just call that xcom the board game because that's what it was it was uh you know it was kind of a dungeon crawl sort of idea but it was really tactical you know skirmishy sort of cooperative combat Um, and i think people wanted that out of an xcom game and i can kind of see that but Uh, I didn't really have any marriage to XCOM. And when we sat down and played it, it, I mean, it was a lot of fun. We, our group had a ton of fun with this game and it was challenging. It was interesting how the AI would throw different things at you. And it was just really like a a cool, refreshing way to kind of play the board game. You had kind of the app sitting off to the side. It didn't really intrude itself too much, you know, into the game. Um, And it was just fresh and interesting and exciting. And you had all of these you know, it was curmudgeons and stuff. Ah, an app in a game, you know. And it's like, <laughs> okay, just don't play the game. You don't have to cry about it on the internet, you know. Um, you know, And so, it, it, it got, I think it got a lot of flack for that, I guess. But, you know, honestly, just as an, an experience, it was fun. It was awesome. And we just, it was exciting. It was great. And, like, you know, if people want to deny themselves that experience, then that's their problem. <laughs> Anyway, that's number seven, XCOM, the board game. It's a fun game. If you can pick it up, it's no longer printed. You know, the license has probably gone away from Fantasy Flight. I uh, thought it was a fun game. It neat, neat stuff. <clears throat> number six here. Oh, this is a game I have not played. Interesting. Number six is Steampunk Rally. And I think this is from Roxley Games. I think this was their first game, actually. I'm not sure. First or second game. This one, I frankly don't know anything about. This is the first for me here on this on all these lists. Um, well, if you go back to the first one, I probably didn't know something about Guns of Gettysburg. But um, yeah, this one uh, completely missed me. It's it's, it's steampunk. <laughs> I, I don't care, you know. I just don't. Steampunk is not something I go oh neat, you know. It's not something I'm like, you know, I'm anything against it. It's just like, oh, okay, steampunk, cool. (laughs) You know, Um, so I probably just went right through my brain. I was like, oh, steampunk, and then gone next, you know, scrolling through the list of the next game. So I don't really see people talk about this one that much. Um, It could be just my predilection to ignore steampunk stuff, you know, whatever that is. But uh, yeah, I don't really know anything about that one, so I apologize. At least everything else up to this point i've been able to speak about so you gotta give me one uh so number five is a mysterium and this was a big hot thing uh coming out of essen i believe this year and or probably the previous year and then it was being brought over uh mysterium's great you know i just reviewed a game um it's on my shelf somewhere it's a uh, rear window which is kind of like a gamer's mysterium if you want to call it that based on the alfred Hitch- hitchcock movie uh rear window Mysterio is a lot of fun. We, you know, we played it several times and it's one of those where you play sort of abstract image cards like Dixit or a game like that if you've played that, or Obscurio is another one like that that came out after. Uh, this one's still in print, still sees the light of day. It's had expansions. Um, it's a fun game. One player plays the ghost kind of playing these images to sort of guide the other players to find out, you know, who the murderer was and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah i would recommend trying it for my money that you've got a new game that just came out called rear window i think it's a better game it's a little bit more nuanced and uh, uh kind of obtuse a little bit i think compared to mysterium mysterium is really easy to pick up and play and teach uh rear window has just a, a little bit of extra layer on there so you couldn't probably play it as easily with you know folks who don't play a lot of games um i don't think that that much more though um, but yeah, this is, this is one that's inspired some other games. Like I said, Obscurio and some other stuff too. Let's see. So that was number five. We got another repeat. Uh, number two here is Pandemic Legacy Season 1. And I think uh, I had some confusion on the last video because Seafall was on that video. And I was like, I think I would have seen <laughs> Pandemic Legacy Season 1. But apparently Seafall was already being worked on after Risk Legacy. But pandemic legacy season one actually end up coming out first, so that's an interesting thing. Now, pandemic legacy season one and season two, I've both played. There's a season zero. We've talked about pandemic already in this video and other videos about how it just, you know, it's just the the rabbit that keeps on hitting the drum. And um, legacy season one, it was it was great, and I like season two was slightly better. I think that's kind of the contrarian uh review there um i really like season one i really like season two though they are both amazing i would highly recommend like a, the utmost highest recommendation i can give you to play season one um, season two is so weird and different though i love it <laughs> i love what they did with it but as far as ease of getting into and just i guarantee you'll have a good time season one would be it season two you know i've talked to people they're like i didn't like it at all i'm like what how <laughs> but another people they've said i liked it but i like season one more um i have season zero i'm looking right at it i've had that since 2020 and i just have not i've played it but i haven't had a chance to sit down i just i don't know what it is i haven't had a chance i'm gonna play it i'm not getting rid of it until i play it. um but yeah, so Season Zero, I've heard, is even the, is even better. So, uh, I haven't tried it, though. Well, anyway, I played, like, there's an intro scenario you can play before you start the campaign. I played that two, two or three times. But then I put it away. Um, but I, I can't recommend it enough. See, like, Pandemic Legacy Season 1 is just fantastic. I'm surprised it wasn't number one. Because it was actually number one on Board Game Geek for a while until it got replaced by Mr. Gloomhaven so we'll see if mr gloomhaven ever gets replaced i think it's due (laughs) all right so number one is conan from i think asmodee was the one to end up publishing this um yeah this is a this was a cool game i think it had some issues with the rules back then and they had to kind of redo those um this is i like this game quite a bit it's it's pretty interesting i just never really it never really pulled me in all the way to kind of play through all of the scenarios and stuff there was a new kind of edition of this game completely different game called batman uh something adventures and that was kind of the same system that had a really big problem with its rule book i think it's getting i don't even know if it's out yet the new rule book for that um i don't have either in my collection anymore but uh these were cool there's a game I've been playing recently called Oathsworn, uh, which I'll probably have a review for in a few weeks once we get a chance to play some more, that took some stuff out of this. That's some neat things with the whole action management stuff. The one really cool thing that Conan d- did, and the same with Batman, and then there was another game from... Um, uh, who, who, Privateer Press, they had, a, they had a dungeon crawl that was like a space dungeon crawl that did this. And this, I think, the takeaway and what people will really like is when the good guys the party is playing and they're using their actions they'll be spending this energy cubes or these energy resources and what that does is that gives energy to the other player who plays kind of the dungeon master or the overlord like it would in Imperial Assault or Descent and then that is giving them more energy so there's a cool give, it, give and take there like the more that the good guys do the more resources the evil player has it ch- has to come back at them with and that was just a really cool thing that i've seen in a couple of these different games here um but yeah and it was set in conan and it had a lot of the you know familiar art and in miniature form and that kind of stuff and some of the familiar stories from some of the books and things uh, it wasn't based on the movie it was based on the books and um yeah it was pretty good it was just kind of serviceable i thought at the end of the day um that's all i am going to say about that one so yeah that's there's number one conan and there you go that's a new list and so we're gonna do another one of these every week for a little for a little bit until we run through till 2019 and then we'll probably have some kind of recap at the end so back in the saddle thanks <laughs>